just recently lost a good portion of my vision, um, and I'm a little nervous because I can't ever I can't see everybody's faces, and I can't tell if everybody gets up and leaves. So <laughs> that's a, just a little bit awkward for me. But anyway, I have a message I want to share with you tonight from from God's Word, and I hope it'll bless your heart. There was a young man that um, was in college and. He had a really heavy load that semester, and he had one more slot that he needed to fill, and uh, he was looking for an easy course to take, hopefully one that would get him a high grade to raise his average. Uh, and so he looked through the syllabus and, and tried to find just the right um, subject. And he found a class. Uh, he had no idea what it was until he read the description. It was a class on ornithology. Uh, and when he read the description, it was a study of birds. He was like, man, I mean, I see birds flying around all the time. This has got to be an easy class. And so he signed up for the class, only it wasn't as easy as he thought. Uh, they studied all kinds of things like migratory patterns and uh, things like uh, the color of their plumage and and, and all kinds of things that, that were just, it was a lot of stuff. And so it was time for the final exam, and the teacher had them prepare for that. And he knew there was a lot of material, and he stayed up all night studying everything that he could study uh, about birds. And so he gets there that day, and he sits down, and there's a blank sheet of paper on each page. And the numbers 1 through 4 on each page, not a blank sheet, but it didn't have any questions on it, it just had four numbers, one, two, three, and four. And there was a table up front with, with a, a cover over it. And so the teacher said, uh, today we're going to have our final exam, and I'm about to uncover uh, four items, and from those four items, I want you to identify the four birds that are uh, represented there on the table, and this will be your final examination. And so the teacher goes over, removes the covering from the table, and there were four sets of bird legs there. And the teacher said, you're going to have to identify the birds based on those things. And, and this guy is like, he's about to go crazy because he's like, he says, I studied their migratory patterns. I studied what they eat. I studied what color their feathers were. I've studied everything about them. And I certainly didn't study their feet though, or in their legs. And so he just, he said, I can't, I can't possibly pass it. So he balls up the paper he marches up to the front, throws the paper down on the teacher's desk, and he storms out of the room. But before he gets through the door, the teacher hollers over to him and says, Young man, young man, what is your name? And the fellow stopped. He turned around, and he looked at the professor, and he pulled his pants leg up and said, You tell me. <laughs> you know, there's an old saying there's nothing in a name that a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet, but it ain't true, is it? Especially when it comes to our name. How many, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I just want you to think amongst yourselves. Uh, how many of you like for people to mispronounce your name? 
How many of you like for folks to misspell your name? And then the third question, how many of you would like to have a weird last name like Krantz for people to have to spell? Uh, my, my last name is actually spelled K-R-A-N-T-Z. You, you would not believe all of the jokes that were made about my last name. I, I think I had people say that I was Tony Krantz with ants in his pants from France. And so throughout my life, my last name has kind of followed me along. Uh, but I remember when I was in junior high, I was playing for the football team. Uh, and I, most of the time I played offense. I wasn't really super good, at, but I was, I was fast. And once in a while I could catch a ball. But what I really wanted to do, even though I was skinny, I wanted to tackle people. And so one game, uh, we were just, we were beating the other team something like 70 to nothing. And I, I begged the coach, I, I don't think it was 70 nothing at halftime, but by the end of the game, it was 70 to nothing. But at halftime, we were way ahead of the other team. And I went to the coach, I said, Coach, please let me pay, play defense for just one half. We're way ahead, please, I want to play defense. And he put me in. And so I lined up, skinny as I was, on the defensive line and the very first play I was skinny enough that I could squeeze between the two offensive linemen get into the backfield and tackle the running back for a loss and I did that several other times as a matter of fact by the end of the game I had seven tackles myself which was the most of anybody on the team and I knew what that meant that meant that my name was going to be in the paper that weekend for the ball game as the most tackles on our team. I was so proud. I was so excited. Couldn't wait till Sunday to get to church and, and have all the kids there say, we saw your name in the paper. And so I went over to the coach because I know what happens with my last name. I said, coach, make sure they get it right. K-R-A-N-T-Z. He said, I got it. So Sunday, get, I get to church, and I'm hanging around with all the guys, and they're talking about different stuff. And I'm like, do you guys uh, see the score of the football game? They're like, yeah, it was 70 to nothing. And I'm like, did you see anything else in there? Like, no, I didn't see anything. So my name wasn't in there. said, uh, there was a, a Krantz in there, but his name was Loney, Loney Krantz. And I'm like, they you just can't win sometimes. But every one of us in here understands just how precious and how valuable names are. Tonight, I want to share with you a name, the most precious name that I've ever known. And it's not my own. It's the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And tonight, most of you in here, this will just be Amen material, re recap material. But maybe there's someone in here who doesn't understand why Jesus is so special to me. And why he's so special to most of the people in this room. Before the night's over, I hope as we take a look at the most special name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus. As we look at the name of Jesus, I hope that we will discover why he is so special, so precious to me. 
and to so many others around the world throughout the ages and throughout the centuries. Many of you probably have noticed, I guess I do have a slideshow up here to do. Let me see if I can work that. Isn't that amazing? Technology, I love it. Many of you probably have noticed through the years that there are a lot of songs about the name of Jesus. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, some that we sang years ago, some are, are more recent. Uh, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Or maybe this one. Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so, for Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I'm not sure I got the melody right on that, but you know the song and you know the sentiment. Or how about this one? Jesus' name above all names. That was a, a popular one for a long time. And uh, a new one that's out right now, what a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. One of the praise and worship songs that a lot of churches are using right now. But one that I especially love through the years. His name is wonderful, Jesus, my Lord. And I've often wondered, you know, why is the name of Jesus so revered? Why are, are more songs written about the name of Jesus than any other name in all of history? What's so special? Why is it so special? Probably some of you in here today know why the name of Jesus is so special. But there may be some of you in here asking the question, what's the big deal? What's so special about the name of Jesus? And I hope that this morning, before we finish, that you will understand as well and maybe even embrace how special the name of Jesus is. The first name of Jesus that I want to look at this evening is the humble name of Jesus. It's the name Emmanuel. Um, we're going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture and um, take a look at several different names of Jesus in the Scriptures. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. Uh, I'll be reading them. The scriptures will actually be on the screen, so if you want to just watch and, and listen along, or if you want to turn to them in your own Bibles, you're certainly welcome to do so. But the first passage of scripture is Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the angels announcing the birth of Jesus. And they said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. The humble name of Jesus is Emmanuel, God here with us. Or as they say in eastern North Carolina, God right here with us. Have you ever thought about the fact that that baby born in the manger in Bethlehem was God right here with us? Have you ever thought about the fact that the 12-year-old boy that amazed the scholars in the temple in Jerusalem was God here with us? Have you ever thought about the fact that the 
the man who walked on water, the man who raised the dead, who healed the sick, was God right here with us. Have you ever thought about the fact that the one that was beaten and nailed to a cross was God here with us? Have you ever thought about the fact that the one that died for my sins and your sins was God here with us? You know, every now and then we get amazed that somebody special comes to see us. I had a special visitor when I was uh, a young minister. I was in Washington, North Carolina, where I still am. I've been there forever, probably be there until I leave and go to be with the Lord. But that's great. But I had a week of camp at Roanoke Christian Service Camp that I got a telephone call from somebody that I I knew the name because my mama used to have her 45 uh, on her record player. Uh, The song was The Locomotion, and the lady was Little Eva, and, she, and the lady on the phone was somebody that was a friend of hers and said, Little Eva's going to come down to Roanoke Christian Service Camp and meet you. I couldn't even imagine that she would do that. Somebody who has uh, a number one hit in the 60s is going to come down and see me. But she came to see me. And, and I got to become a friend of hers. And what a special relationship that was for me to be able to be a part of that. But I want to tell you something even more awesome than that. The God of this universe came down not just to see us. He came down to die on a cross for us so that we might be saved. The other passage, Philippians chapter 2, says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to. I want you to think about what that says. Uh, It's saying that Jesus, who is God in nature, didn't hold on to that, but He let go so He could come down in verse 7. I'll get to that in a second. It says, but made Himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. You see, he was God. And yet he humbled himself. For God to come down here to earth, what a humbling experience that must be. I remember when I was in... Uh, revival in Pennsylvania many years ago. Uh, I preached there on Sunday morning, and after church, the, uh, the preacher asked me if I'd like to go with him to serve communion to the sick and shut-ins, and I said, I'd be glad to, love to. And so we went up through the mountains of Pennsylvania, and it was, it was just a wonderful experience. And when we got to the very last house on his list, he told me, you might want to stay in the car on this one. And I was like, is there a story behind it? He said, just trust me. He said, you'll probably want to stay in the car on this one. And I said, well, look, if you're going in, I'm going in. I mean, I'm here with you all the way. And so he said, okay, I warned you. 
we got to the, the house. It was a tiny little house, about a, maybe a two-room house. One, one person lived there. We knocked on the door, and when the door opened, a smell hit me like I had never smelled before. There were seven dogs that lived in that house with that man, and evidently they didn't go out very often. That day, my black polished wingtips touched stuff those black polished wingtips had never touched before. But we went in and we served the Lord's Supper to that man and we prayed with him and we left. And as we got back in the car, I'll never forget what the preacher said to me. He said, you didn't have to do that. And I said, I didn't have to. But you know, then again, Jesus didn't have to come down here to die for me either. Amen? He didn't have to. He's God. We're flawed. We're sinners. We deserve to die. But God loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to humble Himself. Man, for God to be walking on the face of the earth is a humbling experience. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to come here. There was a uh, businessman and missionary that actually became good friends. I think it was in uh, an African country that it took place. The missionary was working with a leper colony, and the businessman was, was really, really interested in, in what was going on, and, and, and they talked, and they had lunch on several occasions. And on one occasion, the businessman said to the missionary, said, I couldn't do what you're doing for a million dollars. And the missionary said, I couldn't either. But, but for love, I can. You see, God loved us so much that God came down. He didn't send somebody else. It was His Son, God in the flesh. I, I'll be honest with you tonight. I can't completely comprehend the Godhead. Can you? You've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You've got the three in one. How in the world does that work? I can't even fathom it. But then that just amplifies and underscores just how awesome God is. We can't even imagine who He is. But I'll tell you one thing I can't imagine. How the God of this universe could care enough for us that He would leave the glories of heaven and come down here to earth. You see, Jesus didn't have to become a man. He didn't have to be tempted in all manner like unto us in the wilderness. He didn't have to be uh, arrested, placed on trial. He didn't have to be beaten. He didn't have to be pierced with a sword. He didn't have to hang on a cross. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to go into the pits of hell for us. He didn't have to do it. But God humbled himself because he loved me. And he came down to earth for us. I hope and pray you understand why Jesus is so precious to most of us in this room. Because he humbled himself 
and he died on the cross for each one of us. The second name of Jesus that I want to remind you of is the saving name of Jesus. And, and that's found in Matthew chapter 1, once again, verse 2. Uh, 20, I'm sorry, verse 21. Uh, the angels once again announcing the birth of Jesus. And this is, this is what the angel says. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, the word Jesus, loosely, roughly translated, means Jehovah's salvation, God's salvation. That's who Jesus is. He is the salvation of God. He came down to earth, and that's, that's the saving name of Jesus. He came down to save his people from their sins. You know, there are critics that say that Jesus was just a man like we are. That he wasn't God in the flesh. He wasn't anything special. He was just a human being that got caught up and over his head in some kind of a, a religious cult and, and ended up on a cross purely by accident. I don't believe that for a moment. I believe that he came here with a purpose. His very name tells us otherwise. It tells us that he came for a purpose. The angel said he's coming because he's Jesus and he's going to save his people from their sins. And the only way that he could do that was by paying the price for my sin and paying the price for your sin. No wonder the name of Jesus is so special to each one of us. We were guilty. We deserved the cross. We deserved that death. Jesus saved us by taking our place on the cross of Calvary. Jesus was the only sinless man that ever walked upon the face of the earth. If there was ever a person who should not have been nailed to a cross, it was Jesus. And the reason he was nailed to a cross is because he loves you and he loves me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. That's the Apostle Paul. The reason he loved Jesus and gave Jesus his whole life once he discovered Jesus on the road to Damascus was because he understood that Jesus died for him. And that as great as his sin was, even greater was God's grace by sending Jesus on the cross. Many of you are probably familiar with the name John Newton. He's not the guy that invented the fig Newton. He wrote a song. John Newton was a slave trader. 
saw nothing wrong with that while he was doing it, but one day he met Jesus. And it changed his life. All of a sudden he realized what he had done was not godly. It was ungodly. It was despicable in the eyes of God. And so as bad as what he did, he realized that he had to, he had to change. And so he became a Christian and then became a preacher of the gospel and a songwriter. And he wrote perhaps one of the most famous gospel songs of all time or hymns of all time. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a nice old guy like me. That's not what he said. He knew that was a lie that saved a wretch like me. Now, most of us in this room probably don't look at ourselves in the mirror and, and see a wretch. John Newton looked in the mirror and he saw a wretch. But I think the only way you really see yourself the way God sees you is to see Jesus for who he really is. He is God. Have you ever looked out uh, at a white sheet on a clothesline in the backyard looks so beautiful hanging there have you ever seen that same sheet right after it snowed doesn't look so white anymore does it compared to Jesus every one of us is a John Newton and I hope that every one of us in this room can turn our lives over to him so that we can realize how blessed we are that Jesus saved a wretch like me in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Peter said, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. No other name. You can't call on your, your preacher. You can't call on a family member. You can't call Ghostbusters. You can't call anybody that can save you except Jesus Christ. He's the only one. There's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. He took our place. Charles Dickens wrote many books, but one of them uh, that's especially interesting is A Tale of Two Cities. And in that, in that uh, story, there's a, a man that takes the place of another man. He secretly enters into the cell that this man on death row inhabited, traded clothes with him, set the other man free, and then they came and took him in chains to be killed by the guillotine. And on his way to be killed, he's thinking about what he's done for that man thinking about his children and his wife and how that, that now they will have their, their father and their husband back. And he says these words. He says, "'Tis a far, far better thing I do than I have ever done before." Tonight, I want to tell you the reason why Jesus is such a special name to me is that what he did is a far, far better thing than has ever been done before and will ever be done before. 
because there's only one way under heaven whereby we walk on streets of gold. Only one way under heaven, one name under heaven, whereby we get to stand before the throne of God. Only one way where we get eternal life instead of eternal death. And that's the name of Jesus. That is why we love Him so much. The sweetest name that we know. Some of you remember Zacchaeus, the wee little man. Everybody hated him, and it wasn't because he was short. It was because he was a crook. <laughs> Back in those days, uh, the most corrupt people in their society, or, or some of the most corrupt, were the tax collectors. They were, they were corrupt because they had been given the opportunity to do that by the Roman government. They collected taxes for them, but they also were given the opportunity to collect even more if they wanted to. There weren't any tax tables like we have, you know, with the 1040 and all that stuff. Weren't any tax tables. He could tell you whatever he wanted, and you had to pay it under penalty. And so the people hated him. Here's this little short fellow who hears that Jesus is coming into town. He wants to see him, and he goes there to the parade, and when he gets there, nobody will let him through so that he can see Jesus. He climbs up a tree, hoping to just get a glimpse of Jesus. He knew. He knew even before he met Jesus. He knew there was something special about that man and his name. When Jesus passed by, he stopped. And he called Zacchaeus by name and he said, come down, I'm going to your house today. And when he got there, I want you to remember what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Today salvation has come to your house. I'm here to tell you, only through Jesus can you know or understand what salvation is He's the only one who can save us. Several years ago, um, I saw on TV a, a catastrophe that was taking place out west. There was flooding, uh, some, some uh, storms that came up suddenly, and, and they had this live newscast of a fella who had got, come up upon a bridge and when he got there, the bridge had been washed out by the flood. And his vehicle plunged into that raging river, and he was, he was floating downstream, certain to drown. He had one hope. There was this huge tree right on the shoreline, and as his, as his vehicle floated by, he reached out and he grabbed the limb of that tree and he pulled himself onto that limb and he held on for dear life. Someone spotted him. Later on, a helicopter came, uh, dropped down some blankets and, and some ropes. And, and now he was, he was free, standing there on the shore and the newsmen were filming him and asking him how it felt. And what he said was kind of almost silly because... What he talked about was that tree. He said, that tree saved me. Had it not been for that tree, I would be dead. I would be drowned. He said, when I get back home, 
I'm going to buy the most expensive bag of fertilizer I can get, and I'm coming back, and I'm going to pour it all around that tree because that tree saved me. And I thought to myself, That's, well, that sounds kind of silly. But then again, that man was dying, and that tree saved him. I'm here to tell you tonight, the whole world is lost in sin and dying without Jesus Christ. And unless Jesus saves us, we have no hope. We're like that man, had that tree not been there, he would have had no hope. Folks, what would we do tonight without Jesus? We would have to stand before God and He would pronounce upon us the judgment that we deserve. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, the sweetest name that I know. Next page, sorry. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, Jesus died, and it's no secret that he died on a cross for us. I believe the whole world knows that Jesus died for our sins. We know that he died to save us. We know the price that he paid for us. And we know how much he must have loved us to be willing to pay that price. It's no wonder that when we hear the name of Jesus, it's a special name to each one of us. You know, Scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And by his stripes... We are healed. The third name of, of Jesus. I went the wrong way, sorry. Third name of Jesus is the exalted name of Jesus, and that's Lord. And I'm going back to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, history will be over. One day, one day time will be no more. One day, the trumpet's going to sound. One day... The dead in Christ will rise. One day we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. One day every Wall Street wizard, every, one day every entertainment, um, uh, can't read my own writing. One day, one day every entertainment personality, one day uh, every king upon the earth, every president, every leader on the face of the earth, one day every sports superstar, one day every man and woman on the face of the earth will bow down before Jesus Christ. 
Now, some of you in here might be saying, well, not me. I don't believe in him. I'm not going to bow down. But let me tell you what, God is God. He's the same God who spoke the words and the world came into being. He said, let there be light. And there was light. That's the God who one day will say to those of us who have never named him as, as Lord and Savior of our life. He will say to us, bow down. And even though we have never bowed to him before, we will be forced by the power of God to bow before Jesus because Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Philippians chapter 2. He is Lord. You know, one day every infidel that does not believe will bow before him. Infidels like Voltaire who believe that God would be completely out of the picture in his lifetime. But, but after he died, his house was used to store Bibles for a Bible society. One day, every atheist like Madeline Murray O'Hare will bow down before Jesus Christ. And everyone upon the face of the earth, some will be forced, some will gladly bow before him, but the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know, the humble name, Emmanuel, God, here with us. The saving name, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. The exalted name, Lord, Jesus is Lord. There are queens who have vowed that when they come before Jesus, they will cast their crowns before him. Jesus is Lord. I, I want to sing a chorus, and I want you to sing along with me uh, as I close my sermon this evening. And I hope that you mean it when you sing it, because the, the words are, He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Tonight, if you have never made Jesus Lord, and Savior of your life, I invite you to take this opportunity to do so. The, the sweetest name I know. Archie, would you lead us in our closing?